On Friday, General Conference of the United Methodist Church was over. It was probably 10 of the most grueling days that 860-plus delegates from all over the world had ever experienced. We knew that it was going to be, word was, contentious. We knew that topics of human sexuality and other very controversial issues were going to be addressed. We knew that God would be present, and we knew that people would be wrestling with what God is calling us to do as a United Methodist Church, a global church. Do you know that 40% of the delegates of the United Methodist Church were from other countries, not the United States? We've got to get out of our mindset that the United Methodist Church is, you know, here in the United States of America. The United Methodist Church is global, and there are issues at hand I found myself reading as much as I could, praying as much as I could, praying that God would guide the delegates to make the decisions that they were being called to make. One thing I want to make you aware of is that the bishops, over 66 I think there are bishops of the the entire United Methodist Church, decided to form a commission that for the next two or three years would be studying every line in the discipline that has to do with human sexuality. Now, I'm not going to preach on this. This is not the time or the place, but you need to know that for 44 years our church has been in discussion about this issue. I'm concerned about the United Methodist Church. I'm concerned about the global church. But more importantly, right now, for me and us today, I'm concerned about our local church. We just sang and professed that Jesus is the name above all names. And I feel that Jesus is calling us to be the church. And as I've been preaching for a couple weeks now, the church is simply a building But we are called as the body of Christ to be the church every single day. So that's where I want to go today. You see, I want you to understand our United Methodist symbol is a cross so that we remember the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And then it's the flame. We just celebrated Pentecost last week when we acknowledged the power that we have, the authority that we have in the Holy Spirit. That's who we are as United Methodists. And our vision, our vision statement is that we have open hearts, open minds, and open doors. We aren't living it. We aren't living it. We're not living it out in the world because our mission, we are called to make disciples for the transformation of the world You know how it is. We are Christians and people look at us. And most often it's what we do, not as much as what we say. And I know that God is calling us to be the church. To be the church. We have three simple rules. You know, I'm not a rule. I don't like rules. But these rules, I want to live by. And they are this, do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. 
If you and I got up every single morning and committed our day to do no harm, to do good, and to stay in love with God, I think we'd be on our way to to making disciples for the transformation of the world. God is calling us not to go to church, but to be the church. It's time, my friends, and I just, you can tell, I've got a fire in my belly. I've got a passion about this. It's time that we are the church. Now, I'm not going to let go of that message that Jesus gave to, through the, the revelation to John. I want to review what I told you a couple weeks ago. I want to, to tell you about that revelation to the seven churches Because the more I prayed and the more I studied, I realized that we are in each one of those. And I want you to be open to how the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you today because we have work to do. We are to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Jesus humbled himself. Jesus became a servant. I believe that that's how he's calling us to lead in the world. To get ourselves out of the way, to forget about the I, me, and mine, and to say, what can I do for you? How can I serve you today? So let's look at these seven churches. First of all, to the church in Ephesus, they were people who were commended for their work. They had patient endurance but they had abandoned their first love. We're right there, my friends. We have abandoned our love of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Smyrna, they were told, do not fear what you're about to suffer because the devil's going to throw a lot at you. But fight and get dressed for battle. I'm saying we're right there. And then the church in Pergamum, repent from worshiping other gods. You know, I call that the little G gods. Who and what do you put as gods above Jesus Christ, our Savior? We are right there. And then Thyatira, they were told, you're loving others. You've got the faith-filled endurance and service, but you're paying way too much attention. In their case, it was to Jezebel, a false teacher a false prophet. Who and what are you paying attention to? What rules are you following? The church of Sardis, they have a reputation, it says, in being a very friendly, friendly church, a lively church, but they're spiritually dead. I wish I could say that we're not a part of that. But I believe that God is calling us to enliven more as we plug into the power of the Holy Spirit. The Church of Philadelphia, they were told to hold fast. You don't have much power in the world, yet you have followed my word, Jesus said, and you have remained true. And because you've remained true and you are faithful followers, Others will learn about me. Do you hear how we're called? 
Do you hear that we are called to remain steadfast and firm? We are called to live out the example of Christ. And by so doing, others will know Jesus. Finally, the church at Laodicea. Jesus said, I know your works. They're not hot or cold. I wish they were one or the other. But they're just simply lukewarm. Jesus said, repent. Get with it. I don't know about you, but this is crawling all over me. I want to to get with it. I want us to be the church. So what, what are we going to do as a local church? What, how, do we, how are we called to live? Go to Matthew 5. Jesus spells it out pretty plainly. Matthew 5, starting with the 13th verse. And I'm going to use the amplified version here because it adds just a few words that I think um, really give it the power and the emphasis. Matthew 5, starting with the 13th verse. You, you and I, are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste or, it, or its purpose, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked on by people when the walkways are wet and slippery. You and I are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and your moral excellence, and they may recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven." That's the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Salt, you see, was a preservative. You know they didn't have refrigeration back in the days of Jesus. And Jesus used that as a prime example. You are the salt. You are supposed to be seeking and preserving God's truth and God's grace in the world. You're supposed to be the light and the love that I have for you, Jesus says. And you do that through the guidance, and I will add through the obedience that we have to the Holy Spirit within us. Jen Hatmaker is, uh, she and her husband uh, live in Austin, Texas, and they uh, have started a church, Austin New Church. She authored a book called Interrupted, when Jesus wrecks your comfortable Christianity. If you have not read it, you need to, because boy, oh boy, it wrecked mine just to read this. I will, this is a generalization, but I believe we are way too comfortable in our Christian walk. And we are supposed to be stepping out into the world and being Jesus in the flesh living out his light, preserving his grace and truth. In this book, she says this, church is not a place to go. It's a group you belong with. The building is simply the place where you celebrate God together. I love that. 
We come here to celebrate God together an hour, hour and a half on Sunday morning, sometimes during the week, but the rest of the time we are in the world. We are to be salt, preserving the love and the light of God, preserving his grace, preserving his truth. Excuse me. Then I read this this one, I don't know who it's by, but boy, oh boy, it speaks volumes. Going to church doesn't make you any more a Christian than going to a garage makes you a car. <laughs> your beliefs don't make you a better person, but your behavior does. That was a holy two-by-four for me. Because as Christians, as Christ followers, our behavior is a higher standard how we treat one another at school, at work, in the store, in the community, preaches volumes. What are we supposed to do? I read in horror for the past 10 days about the struggles at General Conference, how those that we had elected from our conference and conferences around the world were mean and nasty to each other because each person thought they were right. Now, I don't have an answer other than I know that Jesus is Lord and Savior and through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is calling us to be in relationship with one another. That means those who drive me absolutely crazy, who I don't want to be around, are the ones that Jesus wants me to be in relationship with. The ones that believe on one side and I'm way on the other, Jesus is saying through the power of the Holy Spirit, find a way to be in relationship with one another. Let's go to Acts 2. It's a continuation of the Pentecost story from last week. This is the early church, Acts 2, starting with the 42th verse, (laughs) 42nd verse. This is the model for the church today. They, the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That means they worshiped every single day together. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Excuse me. All right, so I believe that Scripture simply gives us an outline. The kingdom of God advances when we do these things, when we study the teachings of Jesus and his disciples. 
when we're truly deep in the word and know what God wants us to do on a daily basis. When we fellowship together, in other words, building relationship with other people. When we break bread together and when we pray together. Jen Hatmaker says, we can continue to invite people to church, but we must first invite them into our lives. That's what I believe is what we're being called to do as the body of Christ. We can't expect people to come here and just join in with what we're doing here. We meet people where they are. We learn to, to talk with them. We figure out, find out their names. We, we find out what, what makes them tick. What do they like to do? What are they challenged with right now? What's going on in their lives? We have a meal with them. We invite them to lunch. We buy them some lunch. We sit with them. We talk with them. Do you hear how this is so different than come to church? We got Jesus here. I wrote this down. I'm, I'm, wow, I have to say this to myself. We need to stop complaining about the church and be the church. Now, that's a Holy Spirit thing. We need to stop complaining about the church and be the church. To me, for us, I feel like that's embracing a new way of living. It's incarnational. When Jesus became flesh, and dwelt among us, that's the incarnation. We are called to be incarnational. We are called to be Jesus for other people. We are called to be the, the, the salt, the light, and the love. I believe it's really hard work. There is nothing easy about this. But the patient, ongoing work of Jesus Christ is the way of Christ. It's serving our neighbors. It's thinking of others first. Long before they become believers, we think of them as equals. How about that? So I have four suggestions for you. No, actually it's just three. In the next few weeks, every single day, I encourage you, I want to do this. I'm going to pray that God make something uh, apparent to us that in our day there would be opportunities to give a little time, a little money, or a little encouragement to somebody every single day. Because if we pray that, we expect it, God will put people in our path. And I suggest to you these things find ways each day to engage in small acts of love. Random acts of kindness if you want to, but it'll go deeper than that if you take the time. Small acts of love, brief moments of faithfulness. I say this because, personally, I can't be obediently faithful more than a couple moments at a time. That's the best. I know I'm, I'm broken and just very sinful. So I suggest to you, let's, let's you and I work for brief moments of faithfulness. That when the Holy Spirit says go, we go. When the Holy Spirit says do, we do. When the Holy Spirit says love, 
and my head and my heart say, I don't want to, let's love. That is what I believe is how we're called to be the church. I've said a couple weeks ago, we are at a threshold here. I don't believe that here at Noonan First United Methodist Church, we can continue to do the things the, the same that we've always done. How is God calling you? How is God calling me? How is God calling us to be the body of Christ? Let's pray. God, we love you. We are humbled that you love us so much and that you, you have said that nothing separates us from you through Christ Jesus our Lord. No sin that we've committed, no, no thoughts, no rules, no, no hierarchy, no nothing. And God, we humbly ask that you would show us, show us each and every day how we can be your salt, your love, and your light. We want to be your servants, and we're not naive. We know that it is going to be difficult. But God, we know that through you, incredible things are possible. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be image bearers, to, to reflect and be a mirror of your image, we pray. Help us. In the name of Jesus. Amen.